0: Hello, welcome to Social Media Weekly, episode 18th, November 2020. Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Balance Marketing, rehumanizing your marketing experience. My name is Sean. This week's headlines, Twitter finally adds carousel advertisements. Instagram adding option to opt out of third-party ad targeting. Facebook releases tips for brands' holiday campaigns. And While we're at it, four fields that improve your Google My Business ranking. Back to the stories. Twitter finally adds carousel advertisements. Took them long enough, but advertisers can now slot up to six carousel ads on Twitter, which can support images and videos. In our experience uh, as a service provider, carousels actually provide, are the most effective format on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, So far, these are the ones that we focus on. Perhaps because in a way, they let potential buyers briefly browse a small collection of products and m- maybe with their prices and stuff like that, which ultimately also increases the chance of clicks afterwards because the downside of videos is that um, they usually kind of introduce something. Your video production is very expensive. So a lot of people, a lot of brands do not focus a lot on videos. If they have a lot of, uh, if they have a high volume of promotions they are pushing out on a daily basis, or oh, sorry, on a, monthly basis um, and single images are a bit of a kind of like you either sell that one thing and that one thing only so if people are not interested in that one thing then what happens is um, they're not interested in whatever you're selling in that in that promotion but what carousel does is you can actually slot a few of these uh, promotions in the few products in so it kind of it's a little bit of a mini catalog and it helps people browse a little bit. Um, and There is a higher chance of people being able to find something that they want from a carousel ad than a single image ad. Uh, Facebook themselves also said that carousel ads drive uh, 72% higher click-through than single images. So if you are actively advertising on Twitter already, it's time to try this new format out. Instagram adding options to opt-out of third-party ad targeting. All right, so just to understand what this means, um, Facebook and Instagram have actually been working hard to get data on our usage outside of the social platforms. They use SDKs, they use pixels, and they use other tools to, to obtain those information of our usage behavior outside of Facebook and Instagram because there is nothing they can do. They can't track much of what's outside of what we do on the social media, and they want to have a hand kind of like an overreaching hand outside like maybe websites and browsers and things like that so that they want to be able to collect more data on us and um it isn't their purpose to do this because they want to ultimately uh, be able to serve highly targeted ads to us and the more information they have even if it's uh, especially the ones outside of their platforms will help increase this um Target targeting, however, in an effort to preempt users crying for privacy, because in order for them to do that, they need to get that data from third party, right? So one way is to put pixels. If they put pixels on websites, what happens is that if I were to browse something on an ad on Facebook, I click on an ad that goes to a website and make a purchase there. Facebook knows I make a purchase, or if I have a uh, added that that item to cut but have not checked out. Facebook knows that I'm interested in it but haven't gotten around to buying it. So Facebook knows where I am in the in the purchasing funnel. Um, another format, another way of them doing this is actually not very nice in the sense that they actually buy third party uh, data, our our data from third-party websites, from third-party apps, from third-party uh, sources. And what they do is they actually match it to the user base and then, you know, so that they can allow us, allow them to, to be more targeted in terms of selling, uh, sending us the advertisements that, that they want us to see. So Instagram is adding an option to opt out of this third-party ad targeting. Um, so it isn't available in Malaysia yet um, we've checked maybe not in our versions of it but maybe someone already has it it's in the settings uh, if you toggle it off then you're telling Facebook no you cannot use third-party ad targeting sources to um, kind of like hyper target advertisements towards me so in, in a privacy thing it's good right but this is both good and bad I mean we know that it's bad to get um, uh, uh, from the privacy perspective for Facebook to go to other third-party sources to obtain our data our private data buy our private data and then use it to hyper target ads to us but the good side of it is since you're going to see the same amount of ads per day during your time on Facebook and Instagram anyway, right? Might as well see ads of products you actually want instead of those that you don't want. Actually, at this point, I think most of us, most users, if not all users, are already accustomed to advertisements on social media. I mean, if you look at three years ago, four years ago, maybe we are still, you know, very reluctant to accept advertisements on social media. But at this point now, most people are They know and they actually engage with advertisements on social media. And we make product purchase decisions also based on certain advertisements on social media as well. And since we're going to see them anyway, might as well see ads that we like. We don't like ads when they're annoying and they have nothing, they're not related to what we want. But if we look at an ad and say, hey, I've been looking for this for a while now, then it kind of serves you. And in order for Facebook to give you that kind of advertisement, they need more information about your usage behavior, even if it means getting them from third-party sources. Facebook releases tips on brands' holiday campaigns. The year-end shopping season is here, and many of us, also for many of us, are also the final push for sales targets before the wretched 2020 ends. Facebook has released a guide to increase engagement and sales on its platform and I've broken it down for you. So here they are. The First one is, first question to ask is, is the experience mobile friendly? It not only talks about ads and content that is posted on social platforms, but also what happens after customers sees and clicks the ads, where they are taken and what are the barriers between them wanting the product and actually purchasing it. Are these steps done in a mobile-first, if not mobile-responsive environment? So first of all, let's look at the advertisement itself. Are the advertisement visuals um, made to be mobile-friendly? Are the video content made to be mobile-friendly? And then we look at what happens after they click on the button, right? When they're taken to a website. Is a website mobile-friendly? Is a website mobile-first? Does it have... Does it... does it have the kind of um, uh, environment that they can see everything in there very well, very nicely? All the captions are big enough, all the words are big enough. You don't have an image that is on a landscape with very fine prints that people cannot read on mobile devices. Um, so those things are very important. Of course, Facebook suggests using Facebook Shop and Instagram, Instagram Shop for this. Uh, of course, the later applied for countries where Instagram shop is available, but Facebook shop has been available in Malaysia for a very long time. And if you if you use Facebook shop and add products into Facebook shop, you can actually create advertisement that, that actually showcase the catalog, um, kind of like creates a little landing page to showcase your products in a catalog as well, which kind of helps with the mobile friendly environment experience. Number two, can customers check out in as few clicks as possible? Expanding from this point, from the first point, chances of purchase decreases the more clicks a customer has to go through before making a purchase. Instead of leading customers to a category of products, bring them directly into the product page itself. So let's look at the carousel ads, right? If you're going to run carousel ads, you have 10, let's say you have 10 images of 10 products and each image has a product page, which is different from the next you should actually lead people directly to the product page at every single click. Do not lead all of them to a collective uh, category page, because when they go to the product page, they immediately get to see details about the product and they can click the button to buy the product, right? And then alternatively, some products require additional information on a special landing page before purchasing decision is made. So it really depends on what you are selling. Some products like instant noodles, for example, you don't need a lot of information. You want instant noodles, you buy instant noodles, right? But if you want to buy a car, let's say, um, or something that resembles a a laptop or a a new mobile, well, people buy iPhones without needing to know the specs anyway, but other mobile devices or camera, right? You want to be brought to a landing page that can further elaborate and describe the kind of information that product entails. Before the allow uh before bringing a person to the checkout page, so these things are important as well. Sometimes, uh, even including too many cells in a form, like too many uh questions for for people to fill in forms, can increase the clicks because they click onto one and then they fill it, click on the next one, they fill. So in like small things like requiring first name and last name, just break it just. Just don't do that and just use name as a cell. You don't need first name and last name, right? And try to minimize the questions. Uh, Just give maybe a few, preferably below three key questions. And once you're done with it, you just get them to the checkout page or get them to commit to something. Because the more questions are being asked, customers may get tired and abandon the process halfway. We have a lot of data to prove this as well. I mean... And if you if you have to fill up forms and surveys that last for like three to four pages, you will abandon it. So let's look at that as well. Number three is website load speed. This is so important that Google considers page load time as one of the ranking factors in its mobile SEO process. Google has this uh, page called Page Speed Insight, well, which will allow, which will show you how fast your website is loading and how to fix it if it's not good enough. Um, So if you need to know, what you do is you just Google up Google Page Speed Insights and then you will go to a page Well, you can actually, the first result you get, go to the page, you have a bar where you key in your HTTP, your website, and then it will do that processing and it will tell you. Make sure your website loads faster so people won't abandon the shopping process before reaching your product page. Number four, what payment methods do you accept? Ideally, the more payment methods will increase the chance of customers making a purchase. Remember, it has to be most convenient for them, not for you. Uh, when we're setting up a lot of e-commerce sites and platforms for customers, sometimes they want to, they usually think about what is most convenient for them instead of what's convenient for most convenient for customers. Sometimes, having to set up uh, an ipay 88 or a mole pay or something may be more expensive because you need to put an upfront fee and then they charge you up to like 4% per transaction. But at the end of the day, if it increases your sales, why not, right? So let's not sting on small things like this. Provide a lot of payment methods so your customers can choose which is most convenient for them. If your customer base tends to pay using bank transfers, you also need to accommodate that. So understanding what your customer wants uh, and how your customer makes the purchase also helps as well. And the final one, your return process. Buying things online will always incur higher risk than retail because photos cannot properly show everything there is to know. We can't try them on and we can't feel them. So there is always this thing where we think what it is and sometimes photography skills can really surpass the product itself and you know if you have done shopping online enough you kind of understand this Um, and buyers always have this problem where if they want to buy something they want to make sure the return process is built so well that if this is not exactly what they want they can always return it no questions asked so the better and more convenient your return process the lower your customers risk in case they don't want the products they buy Brands selling products online. Sorry. Uh, Yes. So let's uh, recap this one. The top tips for brands holiday campaigns. The first one is uh, mobile friendly experience. The second one is can customers check out in as few clicks as possible? Make it speedy. Don't let them go through an entire uh, focus group or a a 30-minute survey just to get their products. Uh, make sure your website speed load speed is fast and um, understand what payment methods your customers want and provide it for them, not for your convenience. And also make your return process very robust so that um, it reduces the risk of your customers. While we're at this, we have four fields that improve your Google My Business ranking. It's all about preparing yourself for the up uh, the final sales season before the year ends, right? Uh, Google My Business. It's uh, something that a lot of brands still don't have. And even if they do, they don't really manage it. So uh, just to understand this first, Google My Business is actually, it's the business result you get when someone Googles up your company name or service and product you sell. So usually if it's a desktop, it's in the top right. Um, If you're on a mobile, it's the kind of little huge brackets where they show map and details of your company before they show you the search results. It, it, it is, in a way, search results, but they're more detailed ones. Um, I won't go in-depth into how to create one and what it exactly is. Uh, best if you can just Google that up and read it up and um, you will understand. But I, I will tell you that it is very expensive. Uh, sorry. It is very important. Uh, of course, it's free to set it up. It's not expensive. It's free to set it up, but it's very important, especially if you're on retail or if you have a physical uh, shop. So today, I will drop four key fields that will improve your ranking on this platform. If you're unsure, if you're not sure, um, best to check what this is and set it up after you listen to this podcast. First one is business name because it helps those who are already looking for you to find you and reflect more on your credibility too. Imagine if someone searches up virtual paddlers marketing and they can't see the Google My Business search result with all the details in it and the location everything. It's kind of like a signboard, right? So if people want to see the credibility or validity of your company at the very beginning, they search for your company online. They want to be able to see certain details on your company. Uh, in order to have a Google My Business account, you will probably need to have a... You Actually, I don't remember how was it back then when we set it up for clients, but I think we need um, uh, the, the SSM... Uh, documentation as well, so it needs to prove that you are a legit company. So having that helps. Second one is categories. You can add up to ten categories, so use all the slots if you can. Categories help increase the chance of others finding you by keywords and its associations. You, it also helps to have a website. Um, having found your company on Google My Business. Customers need to go somewhere in order to interact with you and buy something from you, right? Sometimes they call you, sometimes, you know, things like that. But if you can invest in a website, even if it's a single page landing, a single page uh, website, that works as well because it will significantly increase the uh, searchability of your Google My Business site on Google. Let's say... If you're a business which is a coffee shop, right? Just get a simple single-page website and you can increase your ranking on Google already. And if you're strapped for cash, try getting a Wix, Weebly, or Shopify website. Well, Shopify can be a little bit expensive, but Weebly and Wix, you can start off very simple. It's a drag and drop thing. You can buy a cheap template, set it up, uh provided you're not very uh, uh picky on how the layout should look like very fast to set up and they can cost you lower on initial overheads compared to full on websites like WordPress. And most importantly, actually is the fifth, the last, the fourth one, which is reviews. This is something you have to already be actively encouraging customers to do. You can't go today and say, let's set it up and by Christmas you want everything to be ready for you. You can't do that because reviews is a very long tail effort, right? But that doesn't mean you can't start now. Create a campaign that rewards customers for leaving reviews on your my, your Google My Business site. They don't have to only be five-star reviews. Any sort of reviews will do. Even usually the ones that matter most are the three-star reviews because it's mostly good, but something that can be improved upon. Those are most real in uh, the eyes of other customers as well. So this one takes a little while, but once you build it up, uh, it is a very rewarding and it helps bring in a lot more customers. All right, so let's recap four fields that improve your Google My Business ranking. Number one, you must have a business name. Number two, fill up all the 10 categories if you can. Number three, have a website, preferably. And number four, get reviews. Reviews is harder to get, takes a longer time. But once you get it right, um, it can be very rewarding. All right, so that's all for Social Media Weekly this week. Social Media Weekly podcast available on Anchor FM, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Our full videos available on Stitcher. Our full videos are available on YouTube, and we post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. This is Social Media Weekly episode 18th, November 2020. My name is Sean. Stay safe, stay home. Au revoir.